Welcome in. Good to have you on a Wednesday. Wednesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. I am uh, Bill Michaels. Uh, Grant Bills, who's been doing yeoman's work, producing the program, and doing the program the last couple of days. Here today as well, uh, the phone numbers uh, six, are 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, you can hit us up over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us also over uh, Grant at uh, Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant over on Twitter as well. You can find us on Instagram, simply The Bill Michael Show. That's The Bill Michael Show, which, by the way, Instagram, TikTok, and the Facebook fan page, uh, today is the final day to go over and just below the placard that is the winning of the VIP stuff for Flat Out Friday coming up this Friday night. You can drop hashtag Bill Michael Show and Flat Out Friday, and uh, then you're registered to, to win. And we will draw a name a little bit later on today for that experience coming up on Friday night down at the Fiserv Forum, and then again at the Rave Eagles Ballroom coming up on Saturday. So you got a full weekend of the motorcycle stuff. So if you're looking for that, uh, make sure if you haven't done it already, make sure you uh, you, you put out the hashtag Bill Michael Show and the hashtag Flat Out Friday, and see what that gets you, if anything. But uh, we're looking forward to that as well. You can find us on uh, Facebook, as I had said, facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. Same thing on TikTok. You can find us on YouTube, uh, simply Bill Michael Show on YouTube. And I'll get into all of that for those that are already saying they uh, you know, can't see. I'll, I'll talk about that coming up here in a minute. So hang in there. And uh, you can find us on YouTube, find us on Twitch TV, find us on LinkedIn, Kick TV. You can find us uh, email-wise, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, simply the website, thebillmichaels.com, and uh, then you can find us on WOZN, The Zone, Madison, and then Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff after the fact. So there you go. Um, Grant, how you doing today before I go any further? Put it that way. I'm doing good. I uh, I went to the Badger game last night and sat I in heard. the crowd as a fan, which was really fun. Got to have yeah. a couple beers. Uh Yeah, I think that's about it. Other than you the, got the rest a of my to week see a has win? been... We got to see a win. The rest of my week has been talking into a yeah. microphone like i've gotten sick of my voice so. well you did yeoman's work i have not listened i have not been able to pay attention to it or anything and uh real quick and i'll probably do it again in the 11 o'clock hour but for those that didn't know uh this past weekend we uh had a chance uh, my friends and i all gathered we went down to chicago and went to the house of blues and we had a great time it was a lot of fun and then afterwards we were leaving the house of blues and we were waiting for our Uber. We were going to go back to the hotel. And I, it just a freak, goofy thing. But there was a bench out front. And we were sitting down and we were waiting for our Uber. And we had uh, eight of us. So uh, we had come over in uh, like a car. We had a car service that brought us over. So we all came together. But when we went to leave, we all had to wait for uh, individual Ubers. And I went to sit on a bench. And as I went to get up, I don't know specifically what got caught. But I fell, and not only did I fall, I fell directly on my face. Uh, how I did it, I don't know. God, God love Kristen because it, I, I was out. I was completely knocked out. Uh, I didn't wake up until the next day. Uh, they were worried about me doing CAT scans and the whole thing, and my, I won't be on camera for a while. My face has been destroyed, uh, my nose, my forehead, my teeth um like bit through my uh, my upper lip kind of uh it's cut all over the inside my chin right below my nose the left side of my face is torn up i mean literally today i'm taking a shower again and skin is falling off in the shower it's it's bad 
And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the camera thing for a while. I don't mind, you know, showing you the warm weather outside and the tiki bar and such, but it's not gonna be me for a while. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only thing I'm going to do in public this weekend is going to go to Flat Out Friday because I'm committed to that. But beyond that, I'm not going to be doing much. But that's what happened. And we always talk about guys that get a concussion, you know, in football. And they come to the sideline, and they're a little woozy, you know, hey, and then you're hoping by Wednesday or Thursday they're back at it. Uh, all the respect in the world. I've had a concussion going back years and years and years and years ago. And I don't remember it ever being this bad. Um I woke up on on Sunday morning at about nine in the morning. So I had been basically unconscious for from midnight Saturday until nine or ten in the morning on Sunday. Uh, I was completely unconscious. I don't remember the ambulance ride. I don't remember being in a neck collar. I, I, none of it. I don't remember any of it. Uh, I, I was literally completely out. And I, I saw a couple of pictures and, you know, of the pool of blood and everything. And it ended up, you know, with a concussion. They always say if you get sick, it's a pretty bad concussion. Well, I got violently sick for two days. I have basically been sitting in a dark room for a couple of days with the shades drawn. And I can watch TV for a little bit. And then I have to close my eyes and go away. I, I can't look at it for a long period of time. Like today, normally I've got the lights on in the studio and everything here and the TV on. Today, I've got all but the, the window open where the camera is showing outside. Everything else is dark. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's terrible. I don't wish this upon anybody. But I just felt like I could maybe still talk a little bit. As of yesterday, I really couldn't too well. But because my mouth was so swollen up today, I woke up and the swelling was pretty much gone. So, which is good news. And, but when I went to brush my teeth, every, uh, you know, uh, all my, everything starts bleeding again. So it's, it's terrible. But uh, I've been to, you know, I, the doctors told me, you know, hey, if you still have the symptoms come Thursday, then, you know, you got to get to a neurologist and all that kind of stuff. And, but that's what happened to me. It was just a really freak thing. And I, I still, I, I still don't know how it happened. I, I really don't. You know, Kristen had turned away from me to wave at the Uber. I mean, nobody really saw me go down. It's just the next thing you know, I'm on the ground and I was completely out. And I, I'm just hoping that my face recovers because it's my face was never great to begin with. And it's even worse now. I mean, it's, it's really bad. And I only sent that uh, the pictures to you, Grant, for context, just so you kind of saw what happened. But uh, I have no recollection of it, none at all. Um, they tell me it's as bad as like being in a severe head on collision car crash wise. So I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but that's, that's why I'm, I'm am today. I've been off the last couple of days and if my speech is a little slurred, that's why, because I've, it's taken me a little while to, to talk right again. So we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see how the day goes, but that's, that's where I've been for those that have been wondering and emailing saying, Hey, I can't find the program or you're not on. It's that's what it was an un, unscheduled couple of days off, unfortunately. So thanks to Grant and Evo and everybody for filling in and helping out and being supportive. But I just, I don't know how it happened. So everybody says to me, Oh my God, what happened? I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. No idea. Um, and you know, people always say, well, were you, you, you roofied or something? No, I wasn't because I was drinking out of the same, uh, cup that a couple of others were. And, um, we all had the same thing. It was just, you know, beers. It wasn't like we were hammered or anything like that, like blown out of our minds, you know, it wasn't bad. 
it was just, you know, just a freak thing that happened. That's it. So anyway, because I'm supposed to be, you know, setting dates for uh, spring training now to go to spring training. And I, I have had to put that off because of all of this. So anyway, that's uh, that's the opening monologue, so to speak there. So you understand what happened and why there isn't a uh, a camera and such on us today or on myself today. Uh, in the meantime, we've got we've had a lot that's gone on. I, I don't know what the hot topics have been, but obviously with the Packers, uh, you know, avoiding the contracts of Savage Nixon and Yash Nyman, and now basically putting themselves technically about five million over the cap going into the next season. Um, which by the time you put rookies and such in there, you're about nine to ten over the cap. But it's it's that's a number. That's not a hard um, written in stone number because there's more that needs to be done or more that will be done via the salary cap and guys being let go and contracts that'll be renegotiated and money that'll be extended and rightfully so. And I mean, there'll, there'll be, there'll, there's going to be a lot that's going to go on in the next, you know, three to six weeks regarding contracts for the Green Bay Packers that will put them under the cap. Remember, Goody was incredibly confident in that press conference he had going back to the end of the season in which he basically said, hey, look, uh, we're, whatever comes up this offseason via free agency, we're players if we want to. So we're not worried about salary cap money right now. So I know it's a number where it sent people into a tizzy, uh, but it's you're, they're good. Don't worry about it. They're good because they'll figure it all out. So anyway, that uh, you know that's going on. You've got uh, you know the Giannis movie came out last night. I really tried to watch it, and I haven't been able to. I started watching it, and... I, I had to shut the TV off last night and go to sleep, uh, but I will get to it. So did you get a chance to watch it at all, Grant, or because you were at the game, you didn't get a chance to see it? So I didn't see any of the on it, but I, like, I almost feel bad admitting this. I haven't seen the Giannis Disney movie. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of the Giannis documentary stuff. I read Mirren Fader's book that came out right after the title. I am not a huge sports documentary guy. It's not really my thing. I feel like I got to watch this because everybody's talking about it. Ebo right. had one of the producers on this morning, but no, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I uh, I really I, I look forward to these th- these things. It's like the uh, the Bye Bye Barry documentary for Barry Sanders. I thought was uh, it was a little long, but I thought it was really well done. The problem with the Bye Bye Barry um, documentary. It never answered the question. You get a sense as to why he left, but it never really emphatically said, here's the reason I left. You just got the sense that he got tired of it, that he got tired of losing. He got tired of beating his head against the wall. And basically the Detroit Lions saying, go win us games and not really putting people around him. So you got that sense. If you read between the lines, I'm looking forward to this because I I, I really do want to see, you know, um, the honest story. And I saw that Ben Tajnai, who is the uh, the singer, the national anthem singer, he, uh, I guess, was in it. He posted on Facebook this morning when I kind of got up this morning and perused it a little bit. He posted that he was a part of that, I guess, during the championship run. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of this. Uh, but I, 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 I get into any documentaries about anything. I like the stuff where they're, you know, did you ever watch the Breaking the Band documentaries? Uh, I think they have them uh, on Axe, where it's all the different how the bands broke up and how they got back together, and you know who did, I, I love documentaries, behind the scenes stuff, always have. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. So you've got uh, that came out, then Doc Rivers. How about what what the hell happened during the All Star break? 
And I'm it's not like just the Bucks because the entire NBA is being criticized. But it's like Doc Rivers, he didn't really throw the organization under the bus totally, but he looked at him like, what are you guys doing? You know, what what the hell's going on? I mean, was it not just a really bad look for the Bucks this past weekend? I mean, you've got two guys that win those, you know, contests. The the, the game itself was was a travesty, and, and it's disgusting what the NBA has become. It's disgusting what the NBA has become. The stars of the NBA have taken over the game. This is everybody's fear when you start allowing the stars to dictate where, where it is they want to go, what they can do, who they will or will not play for, and all that kind of stuff. And this is the product you're getting, and it's garbage. It's garbage. They have done more to... The NBA, when it comes to their viewership, is good. But what they did was with the in-season tournament and the play-in games and all that kind of stuff and widening the the postseason, they really were hoping for – they had an expectation of a certain amount of viewership that was going to come along with this because of the created interest. And it's fallen woefully short, terribly short of what they thought it would be. And while there still is a, quote, buzz about the NBA – it's nowhere near what they wanted it to be, what they promised to all the advertisers, what they promised to the television markets. It's, it's nowhere near what it was supposed to be. And they walk around like they're king of the mountain, man. I mean, and, and they're not. The NFL absolutely positively reigns supreme. When you're looking at breaking all-time records, all-time records on viewership for the NFL, the biggest game, in the history of the NFL on, on Thanksgiving Day, was this year. The biggest Super Bowl ever was this year. I mean, there's so many eyes and, attract- and attractions in the NFL and on the NFL, it's ridiculous. The NBA, for whatever reason, seems to just alienate fans, and I don't know why. It is by far the most athletic sport there is. Uh, as far as grueling goes because of the up and down and the, the way it's played and where it's played and how it's played. But I think what has turns fan, turned fans off this year is the absolute positive inability to play any sort of defense. I mean, none. The look of, I don't care to be here, I'm only here to score points, is such a terrible look when you're making 20 and 30 and $40 million to the average fan of saying, is this all you're going to do? Why in the world would I want to pay attention to what it is you're doing when you can't even give it your all? And, and I, I don't blame anybody. I can't argue it anymore. And it's it's such a terrible look. So well, on the Bucks front, you got Doc basically saying, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, questioning what's going on behind closed doors. And then you got the absolute outward look and appearance of the NBA, which was terrible. Uh, then you had the postponed NASCAR race that went to Monday, which I thought was a tremendous race. I got a chance. I did get a chance to watch a little bit of the end of that, which really that was when you should have watched was the last 10 to 15 laps because, oh, my goodness, the, the size of the wreck and everything that happened down the stretch and then the wreck on the very last lap. And you got guys just uh, just eking out a win. So that was exciting. Uh, so you got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about. So. Anyway, um, there you have it. That's uh, the first portion of the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Kane and Kane Jewelers, K-O-E-H-N. Kane and Kane Jewelers, they want to rock your world. They're in West Bend, Wisconsin. Check out Andy Kane and the whole staff out there. It is worth the drive to West Bend. Just really, really, really good people. 
That's Kane and Kane Jewelry. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Veterans America, they are a lender, one of the top lenders, as a matter of fact, to uh, veterans, military members, and their families. So if you're thinking about a mortgage, maybe a refi, uh, they are the people to help you out. Uh, A lot of people go to many of the military-based, say, credit unions and such, and uh, Veterans America helps them out even after the fact because then they realized that uh, the deal they thought they were getting or the knowledge they thought they were getting, and they really didn't. Uh, I mean, this company specializes in VA stuff, in governmental stuff. And we all know you got to be able to navigate the uh, the ugly river that is the governmental allowances and such, and they're the ones to do it. So if you are thinking about a home, if you're thinking about a mortgage, if you're thinking about a refi, give our buddy James a call. He, he truly, this is all he does is help out veterans and veteran families. Uh, call James, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. That's Veterans America, 262-745-3333. Uh, good to have you back. Uh, welcome back. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to chime in. Now, Doc Rivers, over the weekend, this is what he had to say in regards to his hiring, and quite frankly, just the, the front office of, of the Milwaukee Bucks. Personally, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called. I said, "I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this." You know, um, and they said, "You know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now, and um, we, we we want you.'" And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't. I, that was that's where you had the hesitation. So, in other words, he's questioning. He's like, "Why are you firing this guy?" You know, it's it's it may not even be a coaching problem, and they're like, "It doesn't matter. We've already done it." So, without having basically, according to Doc, without really having even discussed any of this with him, they had already let go of Adrian Griffin. They were already in the, onto the next guy, and so then he's getting the call saying, "Hey, why are you doing this?" And there he's. Like, well, it's done. Do you want the job or not? So he ends up taking the job. Now, you know, over the weekend, I did see, I did hear some things uh, regarding Doc and the explanation of some of the things that have gone on in the past and some of the failures and such and, and winning, obviously, a championship in Boston. And, you know, the one thing with Doc, I will say, is, you know, there is a passion there. And there's an, you, you can understand where he goes with some of this. But sometimes you got to look in the mirror, and sometimes you got to look in your own backyard for the problems and to fix them. You know, nobody's coming into this situation now and going to all of a sudden walk through the door and fix the problem. He he's the guy that's been called upon to say, "Hey, look, you've got enough veteran swagger, you've got enough veteran experience. You're the guy that is now in charge of figuring this out and trying to meld these personalities together." and I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know how he's going to do it. I really don't. Um, the the Bucks are a good basketball team on paper. But for whatever reason, it's just not melding together. Maybe that goes back to the way the NBA has kind of been played out this year uh, on so many different 
you know, so many different avenues. And because defense is gone, scoring is through the roof. We saw that. That was very evident, obviously, in the uh, the All Star game. The the wherewithal to kind of go all out doesn't seem to be there for a lot of players. Now, maybe that changes down the stretch for the players and the teams that have played themselves in a position to actually make a run at the championship. And we all know it gets a little bit better in the postseason. But usually what happens is what you are throughout the season is what you become in the postseason. Things don't dramatically change. Maybe you get a little lucky. Guys start hitting shots. You get on a roll. But very rarely does that take you all the way to a championship. The Bucks are who we've witnessed all season long. They are a one-end basketball team. They are a lazy basketball team. They are, at times, a poor shooting basketball team. They don't communicate very well. And it's like the others that did hustle and did communicate and did try and did give their all and did bust their ass have have thrown their hands in the air at times to say, well, if you're not going to do it looking at the stars, then why should we? So that's kind of where we're at. And because of the fragility, and I say this, I, I say this about the players, not the coaches. The fragility of the egos of the players. That I will take my game elsewhere. Don't make me mad. I can't take coaching. I can't take criticism. At least the outward appearance of that. That has really hurt the NBA in a lot of different areas. Because coaches are nothing more than babysitters at this point. And, and that's what a lot of them have become. There's a few good ones that are out there that are really, really well respected. And guys play for them. But... I, we, we've seen it far too often where the big egos get in the way and they're going to do their thing, and you're just basically there to mind the players, and that's it. Well, you, you talked about the all-star game, Bill, just to go back to Sunday night. I agree the game was it was non-competitive. Is that supposed to be Adam Silver's fault? Like, I don't, I don't know. If the players are okay going out there and putting that on television and having that be the all-star game, I don't know what Adam Silver's supposed to do. What, are you I supposed to either. offer $10 million to the winning team and every player? No. Come on. I, I don't either. This is a byproduct. To me, it's a byproduct of guys getting a gob of money. It's a byproduct to me of the amount of pride guys have or lack thereof. Um, and this, and Adam Silver, to me, if Adam Silver is going to do anything, this is what I'm at. If I'm Adam Silver, this is my, I want to say if my, my, might be my last ditch effort. I'm going to get the stars of the league. 10, 15, 20, 30 of them, I'm going to get them together for an off day and I'm going to call them in New York or I'm going to go visit them, whatever. And you got to sit down and say, guy, this is your brand. You know, you can roll your eyes. You can say, I'm not going to do it, whatever, but this is your brand. And if we start losing money because of it, if television deals become less because of it, because it becomes unwatchable, well, it's not my fault. You know, it's your fault. It's, it's the ability for you to motivate the guys around you and for you to play hard all the time. I mean, when guys get $50 million a year, $40 million a year, they don't care anymore. You know, some guys want championships, and it's all talk. Oh, I want to win. Well, that's great. What are you doing to win? Are you are you still practicing the same way you did when you first came into the league, or have you kind of figured it out and you've taken your time out now? You know, um, there, are, there are guys that don't even want to look at film. They don't want to study. They don't want to take direction. They want to go play street ball. And, and they're the ones that are really, really doing a detriment to the league. You know, you can't get away with that in baseball. You can't get away with that in football. But you can get away with it being a superstar in the NBA. And as much as the NBA, because here's the problem. The NBA does not bill team against team. It's not New York against Boston. You know, it's not the old days. It's now you pick a star. 
It's Giannis and LeBron. It's KD and LeBron. It's KD and Giannis. It's pick whatever up-and-coming superstar there is and the, other, the opposing player. That's the way they bill it. So you're not billing it as a, a team sport anymore. And guys are looked at as these, these drone of gods that can just go out and do their thing, and they're fine, and they're going to go score their 20 or 30, and if they have an off night, so be it, and they'll talk about it afterwards. But don't criticize them. Don't bench them. Don't ever do anything to, to kind of publicly humiliate them. Otherwise, they're going to be petulant and not want to play for the coach, and then you've got to fire the coach because the coach isn't get, getting paid $50 million and you haven't invested everything in him. And it shows the fragility of the ego of NBA players. While I consider it to be the most athletic sport there is, I also consider it to be the the biggest group of babies and and lame egos that that any conglomeration of sport can put together. It just is. And it's sad because it is such a great sport, but they've ruined it at least to this point. Um and the and when when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks are in a hole. They they have nowhere to go. You have completely hitched your wagon to Giannis. And now you've hitched it to Dame. You don't have draft picks. You don't have guys that are easily tradable. You got an aging veteran team that nobody wanted to really break up and take a year off because you've always got to be competitive because you're so afraid that Giannis will get mad at you. That's what I'm saying, the ego side of things. So what do you do? You just keep running it back and running it back and running it back and running it back until you can't run it back anymore. And then everybody says, well, what the hell? Well, they did exactly what they're supposed to do, and that is take care of the ego of one Giannis, and and that's what they've done. I mostly think the Bucks will be fine in a couple weeks. I think the Doc stuff is really loud because there's nothing else going on this week, so we need a topic to talk about. I also, like, Doc is doing this to himself. Like, Bill, I've right. had a bad show, and obviously sports radio hosting, coaching, very different, but we've all had a bad day at work where it's like, eh, we had this variable and this was going on, and it was a tough situation, but you just understand that. You move on. Doc, of course, taking over the middle of the season is hard. Of course, it was awkward. You don't need to say it. Like, we all understand it. Keep that to yourself, man. Like, I I, I don't even think he's making excuses. He's just spilling his guts to anyone who will listen for no reason at all. Like, nothing good is going to come from this. I've got a reason why why he's doing it. And I'll talk about it when we come back. And, And this, the first thing I thought of, the very first thing I thought of when I heard this, or was was I'll give you my very first thought. You tell me if it's wrong. You tell me if I'm I'm barking up the wrong tree here. But it, this was the very first thing I thought of when uh, I heard that Doc spoke and people were going crazy and I wanted to hear it and I heard parts of it. The very first thing I thought of. I'll tell you what it is when I come back. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show continues. Got to say thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. Brewing excellence since 1857. They have got to the uh, the Bach beer, the Snow Pilot, the Milkshake Malt, all out, the lager. Some really, really good stuff. That's from our friends at Point Brewing in uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So if you're going to head out to the local grocers and you're going to buy a little local, there you go. That's our friends at Stevens Point. Good, good stuff. Um, so I want you to take a listen to this again from Doc Rivers uh, over the All-Star Weekend. He was on Sirius Radio, and one of the things that he discussed was 
kind of the, the front office when they called him and his reaction to the fact that Adrian Griffin had been fired and now the Bucks front office is calling him to take over this basketball team. Take a listen. Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we, we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. Okay. That's where you had the hesitation. And people are saying, why are you bringing this up? Why are you airing this? You know, you're saying you don't understand why they made a move. You're saying, you know, well, wait a minute. What, what do you mean you fired Adrian Griffin? Why would you do this? And then he had some hesitation. And then eventually they said, well, it doesn't matter. It's done. We want you. I, my first reaction to this, my very first reaction was, this is Doc basically saying, look, the problem is not the coach. It's not Adrian Griffin. The problem is the people inside the locker room. And to me, this was a automatic, if it if we don't win a championship this year, don't blame me because I didn't think I, you know, Adrian Griffin was the problem to begin with. That was the first thing I thought of, that this is built uh, a built-in excuse to say, if we don't win it, I'm, I already told you we were going to fail because it wasn't the coach's fault. It wasn't Adrian Griffin's fault. And therefore, it's not my fault. It's the guys inside the locker room. Did you get that sense, Grant? Um, I actually hadn't thought about it that way. Um, that's an interesting line of thought. I, I think Adrian Griffin was a large part of the problem. I think players, you always got to count on players to show up and bring effort and energy. And that's sometimes harder with a veteran team, especially when they're dealing with injuries. Adrian Griffin wasn't good, right? If you If you can't command the respect of a locker room, right? It's not about like, getting in guys grill and charging them up. But if you don't get the respect from players because you don't know what you're doing, then you're part of the problem. So Adrian Griffin was part of the problem. I could see that. Yeah. Doc kind of laying the groundwork for like, look, I like, don't blame me if this goes South. Sure. Cause we've right. seen that with doc before. I would disagree with that if that's what he's saying, but I guess that that could be what he's saying. Yeah. You might be honest. Yeah. That, that to me is what the, the very first thing that came to mind when I heard that is, Here's the excuses as to why. And I'm not blaming Doc because he could be 100% correct. It may not be the coach at all. It may be the egos inside that locker room that aren't allowing this thing to be fixed. That, that I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not degrading him as a coach. What I'm saying is the first thing I thought of was there's your built-in excuse to say this is the reason we're not going to win a championship. I, I just <laughs> – I get, I get that sense that, that this team just – like Doc is looking at it. He's been in there long enough to know and look at this thing and go, boy, this is not good. There is just some some head cases in here that yeah this this isn't going to work, and therefore uh, they should have never got rid of Adrian Griffin because he wasn't the problem. You know that yeah it's kind of like be careful what you wish for because I know a lot of Bucks fans man the minute Damian Lillard's name was announced that he was coming to Milwaukee oh my God look at the deal oh my God they've done exactly what Giannis wanted and. Giannis wanted to get better, and the team needed to get better, and they needed to get more motivated. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, you know, it starts at the top. It starts with the best player on the team and works its way down. And that that was that was my first thought. Uh, Mark says, is he a friend of Adrian Griffin's? I'm sure their paths have crossed at some point. Sure, absolutely. But I don't I don't think I don't think that has 
I don't think that has any bearing on this. I think this is we're not going to win with this team, and here's the reason why. It wasn't Griffin's fault, and it's not my fault. I've seen enough to know behind the scenes now that this this is a team that uh, doesn't have great chemistry, doesn't play great together, plays a lot of selfish basketball, doesn't want to listen, follows the leaders, and the leaders are not not doing it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But the other guy that has to stand up, has to take accountability, and has to look everybody in the eye right into the camera has got to be Giannis because Giannis, he, he approved the coaches. He sat down with the coaches before they were hired. He's the one that talks about, you know, working hard and winning and getting the group together and being a leader. He's got, there's got to be at some point, some accountability, which is, you can't say Giannis doesn't need to be accountable, but when Rogers was with the Packers, Rogers had to be accountable. You, you can't do that. Now, granted, it's more difficult to be totally accountable as a quarterback versus as, you know, one of five. But Giannis has got to get some accountability because he brought a championship here and because he's so, such a likable character. Everybody just loves Giannis. Nobody ever wants Giannis to leave, and I understand that. I, too, don't want Giannis to leave. But you have to look at this and say, dude, you want to be the leader, you want to be the moneymaker, you want to be the grand guy, you got to take some accountability. This is your team, dude. You know, bringing in Dame or not, you, you don't acquiesce to that. This is your team. He was coming to be a part of your team. At some point, you got to look at everybody else, including the fans in the eye, and say, this is what we need to do to get better, and this is what I'm going to make sure damn well we make do. We do. And if you're not, then you're a part of the problem. You're not a part of the solution. 877-867-167. Do you think – and Drew Holiday certainly had something to do with it, losing Drew. He was a chemistry piece. But what you, the talent you got in return is – at least was supposedly far better – than what you had in Drew Holiday. It seemed like a no-brainer. I mean, everybody, it's not just right here in our own backyard, everybody thought the minute Damian Lillard became a Milwaukee Buck that the Bucks were not only the Eastern Conference, Conference champion, but a very viable candidate to win it all. You just look at the, the move that was made in Vegas. Everybody believed it, and it's gone horrifically bad. And it's not, look, here's the other thing. It's not... <laughs> it's not like this team is a losing team. They're what, in third place in the East? You know, I mean, we're complaining about that, but we've all seen it. We 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 know what championship basketball looks like and enthusiastic, enthusiastic basketball looks like versus what we're witnessing right now. I also don't think Doc needs to start with the excuses yet. Like, dude, we know you joined the team in the middle of the year, right? Yeah. We know your guys have been hurt. You're on a long road trip. There's plenty of runway. Now the seasons were closer to the end than the beginning, but it's not like the playoffs start next week. And they're still one of the teams, I think, with the second, third best odds to win the East. They're right there with the Heat, with the Celtics. They're in an okay spot. Like, the sky isn't falling. Let's just chill out and play some basketball and right. and, and try to win some games and, and build some momentum. We, we don't – this all doesn't need to be coming to a head right now. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I completely agree. Uh, now, how they start the second half of the season, how they play, uh, we're, we're all going to have our eyes on the first five games out of the shoot. Because we all know this is now a stretch run. The first five games out of the shoot, that's going to be very dictatorial as to what we see come the end of the season, the postseason, and where you know whether or not you should actually get your hopes up very high for this team. Because you can't keep saying, well, next week will be it, next week will be it. Well, the chemistry will come together. You, you can't say that. You, it, you know, by half, you're more than halfway through the season, for God's sakes. Let's go to Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, welcome to the program, man. How are you doing today? 
hey, Bill, with your dynamic lifestyle, then you go ahead and take a, a fall. Boy, that I, I feel bad for you, man. A lot of us listening, we're just thinking about what you went through. I'm glad you're back, but man, oh man, that's that's rough. Yeah, it was uh, it was not anything that I'd, I'd wish upon anybody. Uh, I'll tell you that right now, and it's still not good. I mean, I get up and turn the lights out during the uh, commercial breaks just because. But you know, we'll see. We'll we'll yeah. we'll, we'll get better. Hopefully, each day. Yeah. Hey, I, I agree with you as far as your uh, assessment of the NBA. I mean, I'm I'm an older guy. I'm 66, and I find it so difficult to watch now. I mean, when I watch Badger games, you know, I'm I'm on the East Coast, but I become I'm obviously a Packer fan. I become, you know, somewhat of a Badger fan. I always followed the Utah Jazz as well, going back to the Pete Maravich days. And you look at games NBA will put on NBA classics, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Man, it, it, every every possession is relatively contested and. Last night, Grant, Grant can talk about it. You know, almost every possession of the Badger game, it's contested. It's, it's difficult. You're biting your nails at the end. It's like, it's exciting. The NBA has yeah. just gotten to be exactly what you said. And also, sometime today, uh, Bill, if you could comment, and it'd be great if you could get him on as a guest, what Brian Gutenkus has done. You know, I feel so happy for him, man. You know, he, the, all the controversy, all the stuff going on, and, man, he came out of this smell like a rose. And I'm real proud as a Packer fan. I have stuck by the team. I'm kind of a company guy in that regard. I think he's done an excellent job. And, uh, you know, so many detractors, you know, were saying, hey, we should lose more games so we get a better draft choice. Take a leap, man. That's not, that's not yeah. the way you play football. Yeah, it's uh, for what we thought was middle of the season to where they ended up has certainly been a pleasure to watch, no doubt about it. Now it's going to be the manipulation of the roster and the salary cap to keep good pieces and to bring additional pieces in that are going to help this team. And I, that, that I think what we're most excited about, but appreciate the phone call. I agree with you, Grant. You know, you were there at the Badger game last night. You watch the possessions, you see how they play. And this is the reason people get excited about March madness because usually, and we can always argue about the 65th or 66th or 67th or 68th team that should be there. That should get more respect and more credit. But usually it is, it's, it's, Six anywhere from sixty-two to seventy-five is the you know the point point scored uh, per team, and it's usually fiercely contested defensive basketball. A lot of hands, a lot of tips, a lot of turnovers, things like that, and that's what we pay attention to. I, not only do we get you know big shots and you know ball screens and things like that, but it's it's more of the purity of what we call the sport of basketball. But you were there last night. How much was defense a part of that game last night? Um. <laughs> It's funny because this is the first Wisconsin team in a while that sometimes can't get stops when they need them. The effort is there. They're flying around and the intensity is there. It feels like a very different sport. Um, so, yes, you're absolutely correct. It's just funny because, weirdly, Wisconsin's been known for defense my entire life, and this is the year they can't get stops. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a different feeling game, and it was really fun. I've never sat that close to the court before. Like, it was very different feeling than an NBA game, and I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it is a different game, and there is a di the the word you used was intensity. You don't feel that at Bucks games, you you just don't. Not until the fourth quarter, and then it starts to you know become more and more evident. But you you don't feel intensity at NBA games, and at least not until late. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Stay right where you're at. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Hey, if you're heading uh, downtown this weekend and you're looking for a place to go, our friends over at Sobelman's Pub and Grill, they say, hey, let's catch up. Meet at Sobelman's, whether it's the Big Bloody Mary's, burgers, whatever. Right there in, the, in Milwaukee on St. Paul Avenue, you can stop by there. Or maybe you're out in Waukesha, out in the area, Lake Country area. Stop by on William Street in Waukesha. They have a Sobelman's there in case you didn't know. They do. Sobelman's Pub and Grill, same, same quality of food, same uh, same Bloody Marys, everything at Sobelman's Pub and Grill. Milwaukee, the original, St. Paul Avenue, and in Waukesha on William Street, which uh, everybody knows where La Estacion is. It's right across the street. So stop out either place, both places, uh, historic. And as they say, we should catch up, so let's meet at Sobelman's, Sobelman's Pub and Grill. 877-867-1670, 877 Coming up. Uh, bottom of the next hour, Rob Reichel is going to join us. We'll talk a little Packers football with him. Bob Nightingale is going to talk some baseball with us uh, from USA Today. The writer will join us, and we'll talk with him about this Brewers baseball season and about baseball in general. And then our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS 58 is going to join us as well out in Arizona, in Maryvale, and the Brewers full squad workouts again. you got games coming up this weekend. So excited for the return of Brewers baseball. I know that uh, Mark Antanasio spoke as well. You got Pat Murphy speaking to the team and firing them up and, you know, the uh, the expectation. What, did I read correct? Am I like smoking rope over here, Grant, that uh, that Vegas was saying 70, what, 76, 78 wins for the Brewers this year? Ebo mentioned that this morning too. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. And no. that's, that's something that we can discuss. So Bob Nightingale is going to join us in an hour. He wrote a story yesterday. He talked with Mark Atanasio and Christian Yelich made comments too. And both the Brewers owner and Yelich were like, why are people doubting? All we've done is win for the last four right. or five years. Like, why do you guys, are you guys watching? You're not paying attention. I, I don't get it either. I don't, I don't get why if there's a single team in the division that should get the benefit of the doubt, I don't know why it's not the Brewers in 2024. I don't care. I, I'm not betting on know. it. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's uh, the Brewers 77 and a half, depending on which one you look at. Uh, 77 or 76 and a half games. Uh, FanDuel, there's MGM, um, the Hard Rock Casino, uh, the Re, uh, what is this? I can't remember what the hell the other one is, but there's four or five of them. And the Brewers, 75 and a half, 76 and a half, 77, 76 and a half, 76 and a half. I'm like, really? What do they see that we don't? That's what I want to know. And they got the Reds at 81 to 82. Uh, even one, uh, Bet Now, uh, has them at 83 and a half. And they've got the Cardinals at 85 and a half or 84 and a half. Um, I, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, where do I have the Cubs? The Cubs, 83 and a half, 84 and a half. So they basically have the Cardinals winning it, Cubs coming in second, then the Reds, then the Brewers. Right behind the Pirates. Pirates also 75 and a half, 74 and a half, so it's like a game back. That that just doesn't seem right to me unless they put that much stock in the starting rotation and see something, you know, analytically that we don't. I don't, I don't know what it is. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break, come back. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 